Luke 17 is a familiar story to some, and it may be unfamiliar to others. I'm learning as time goes on that um, in our country, people uh, are becoming more and more biblically illiterate. And, and, and I feel like as a child, I grew up in church, grew up in a Christian home, and a lot of these things that I just assume people understand and know, they don't. And so I don't want to take for granted, but perhaps some have heard I'm preaching from this text, but I felt led today, this week, to come back and preach from this text this morning, and, and I want to be a person that's a thankful person, I do. You know, Thanksgiving requires very little effort, it requires very little talent, am I right? It requires very little education, you don't have to know a whole lot, you don't have to be able to do a whole lot, but by simply lifting one's hand and saying thank you. It's something you say, I can't do anything for God. You can do that and say, thank you, Lord. And uh, Luke 17 this morning, and I'm going to read just a few verses. And if you're able and willing this morning, please stand out of respect to the Word of God. Luke chapter 17 and verse 11. The Bible says, as it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him, met him ten men that were lepers which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Where there are not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? That's every preacher's uh, question. Where's the nine? But he goes on to say, There are not found, some of y'all get that song, but there are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise and go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Father, I thank you again the wonderful privilege and opportunity you've given unto me this morning to stand behind this sacred desk, open the eternal word of God and preach unto these people, Lord, the message that you've put upon my heart. Lord, I, I pray that as I preach, Lord, that you'd help me to communicate, Lord, the truth of the word of God in such a, a clear way that, Lord, the youngest to the oldest and everyone in between would be able to understand and, Lord, be able to be uh, gripped by the word of God. And I pray, Lord... Above all things, if there's one here this morning that's not saved, I pray, Lord, you deal with their heart in the way that only you can, Lord. I can preach to their ears, but, Lord, you can preach to their heart. And I pray that, Lord, that what's said today would have an effect on the heart of everyone that's here. Lord, I pray we'd learn some things from this man, from this story. And, Lord, we'd put it to practice in our hearts, Lord, and in our lives. We love you this morning, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Again, a story that many have heard, <coughs> probably taught and preached from. But what we read tells us about an event in the life of Christ <coughs> where he was headed to Jerusalem. And we know why he was headed to Jerusalem. He was going there to die uh, for the sins of the world. And on his way, he goes through Samaria and these ten lepers come out to meet him. And uh, he speaks to them. They cry out to him. He, he gives them instructions. They obey what he tells them to do, and they are all healed. And, uh, and nine of them went and left him and, and walked away and, and went to go back to their old lives. And one uh, came back to Jesus and gave him thanks. 
And uh, those nine, I believe, are indicative of the majority of people in the world today. Every day, I'm, I'm talking about lost, saved, it doesn't matter. Everybody who's got breath is blessed by God on a daily basis. He causes the sun to rise on the just and the unjust. And, and, and he blesses us with all these things. And, 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 and for, the, for the most part, the, whole, the, the entire world, for the most part, returns very little back of thanksgiving to the Lord for what he does for them. And, and, and I read about, uh, or I heard about these, this, this man, this town, this small town. <laughs> Brother Justin's laughing. He's done earlier. Don't do that to me, Brother Justin. He thought it was funny, though, so I think y'all will too. But this man, he is a barber. And um, and uh, he kind of got, he, he was trying to think of something he could do, you know, something, he, he wasn't a church-going man, but he was, he called himself, you know, he was a God-fearing man. There's a lot of people that are God-fearing that ain't saved, you know. And, and he's wanting, he said, well, I'm going to start giving preachers and ministers and I'm, I'm not going to charge them. Well, well, sure enough, one day a, a priest come in there and, 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 uh, and he, he said, I need a haircut and he cut his hair and, and uh, he got the, the, he got his money out and the, and the barber said, I'm not going to take none of your money. He said, you're a man of the cloth. I don't want your money. And the priest said, well, thank you. And the next day he come back to open up the barber shop and there was a thank you card and he opened it up and it's from that priest and, and there were some beads in there. He said, I just want to thank you for cutting my hair. And well, he felt pretty good about that and he threw them beads to the side and opened up. Well, it wasn't too long. A rabbi come in there and, and uh, he said, I need to get trimmed, you know, the corner don't, you, but, and, and he said, all right. So he shaked him up a little bit and, he, and, he, and he, he got done and the rabbi went to pay him and he said, no, you're not going to pay me. He said, you're a man of the cloth. I don't want any money from you. Well, he, he went, come back the next morning, opened up and there was a card there and a loaf of bread. And the rabbi said, thank you for, for cutting my hair. Thank you for doing that for me. Well, he, he worked that day, and, and, and later on today, a Baptist preacher come in. He said, he said, I need a haircut. And he said, all right, and he cut his hair. He went to pay him. He said, I'm not taking no money from your medical. And that preacher said, thank you so much. Man, I appreciate it, you know. And, and uh, he, shut, he shut the door and locked up. Next morning, he come there, and there was 15 Baptist preachers waiting on him to get a haircut. <laughs> and, and don't tell you never know what preacher turned out a free meal or a free haircut. But, you know, that's the way a lot of us are to the Lord. All we want is more, 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 give me, give me, give me, take. And, but this one man, this one man went against the, he went against the, the, the influence. He went against what was going on. And he went back and he gave thanks to the Lord. In fact, the Bible says there in verse number 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, turned back, <laughs> And with a loud voice, glorify God. One of them. One of them. And, and this morning, I want to preach on a simple thought on who will be the one. Who will be the one? You know, this morning, I, I, I don't, I've done, I come to grips with the fact that I'll never be the greatest preacher that ever lived. I'll never be a world, I'll never be, you know, I'll never, I've come to accept that I'm not going to be the greatest preacher. I probably, I know I'll never be the greatest singer. That's done settled in heaven. Before the foundation of the world, God settled that in heaven. And, and, and you know, I, I, and all of us in here this morning, we'd have to admit that, that there's, there's probably certain things that we're never going to do. There's probably certain uh, uh, feats that we're never going to accomplish. Or, I, I mean, when I was a little boy, I mean, if you asked me what I was going to be, I said, I'm going to be a professional ball player. 
And, then, and everybody would be like, what? I'd be like, baseball, basketball, football, I don't care. I'm just going to be professional. And then they'd say, well, if that don't work out, I said, I'm going to run the chicken plant. That was my goal. I was either going to, you talk about from one extreme to the other. I said, either I'm going to be the professional ball player or I'm going to run. And you know what? I've realized now very soon I'll be 40 years old. I've realized I'm never going to be a professional ball player and I'm never going to run a chicken plant. But I tell you what I can do. I can be one. I can be one. That comes to the Lord and doesn't come to him griping and doesn't come to him complaining, but comes to him with a heart of thanksgiving and says, thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. Uh, thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer. Uh, thank you, Lord, for setting me free. That's what this man did. But who will be the one? Who will be the one? So many come to Jesus wanting things and needing things and taking things, but very few take the time to come back. And say thank you. Now I want you to see this quickly in verse number 11. The Bible says it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem. That he passed through the <coughs> midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village. There met him. Ten men that were lepers. And there met him. Ten men that were lepers. The first thing I want to notice about this this morning is there was a divine meeting. Now I want you to know something this morning. Every step Jesus took on earth was took it taken on purpose. He never stumbled around. He never. He didn't just fly around uh, and, and just do here and there. But every every moment of his life, I believe every day of his life, every second of his life, I believe he moved in a calculated way, in a in a purposeful way, in a in, in a in a, a God willed way of his life. And the Bible says there met him that he went through. He he went through. The Bible says in verse seven, he went to Jerusalem and he passed through. This is Samaria. There is never, hear me now, there will never be a pardoning without first being a passing. Before these men, if, if he had not come to Samaria, if he had not passed through this way, if he had not taken the time and gone to the effort to go down to where these ten lepers were, then all ten of them would have died in that condition. All ten of them would have perished in that, with that disease. Uh, but thankfully, he, in his sovereignty, decide, chose uh, to go down and to pass through where they were a divine meeting. I believe it was a providential meeting. I believe God and his providence. I believe Jesus knew these ten lepers were there before he went. I believe he knew. I, I, I don't believe. I know that he knew. He had seen those ten lepers. He had watched the life they lived. He had seen the misery and the isolation and the, and the depression and the, and the hopelessness of their life. And, and yet in the last days of his life, he said, I'm going to go through there. I'm going to pass through Samaria. Uh, I'm going to meet these men. Where, now listen, under the law, uh, these men could not leave that area uh, where they were at. They were confined to that place. These uh, lepers didn't go on vacations is what I'm trying to say. Uh, lepers did not go on trips. Lepers did not. They were bound to that area. They were bound. And if he had not have gone to them, they never could have come to him. Right. Uh, what I'm trying to say is this morning, uh, that listen, that if it wasn't for the providential hand of God in our life, if it wasn't for a day of my life where 
the Lord Jesus Christ I came to where I was and past where I was. You see, I could have never have got to him if he had not came to me. But aren't you glad that even though you could not go to him, he came to you? Amen. <laughs> he providentially came to these men. And aren't you glad Jesus on earth, he, wasn't, he was not enamored with fame. Why would he want the fame of earth when he had the glory of heaven? You understand? He was here for people. And in his last days on earth, in the last moments of life, he did not spend it doing things that were self-gratifying, self-satisfying. He spent it looking for people like these ten lepers. And, and I'm just saying that this morning, I thank the Lord. I, you, you and I should want to be the one who gives him thanks because there was a day, if you're saved this morning, there was a day or there was a time in your life where the Spirit of God came to where you were and, and convicted your heart and troubled your soul and showed you you were on your way to hell if the Spirit of God had not passed by my way, I never could have gotten saved. Listen, I believe that God's Spirit I must convict and draw for a sinner to be saved. Uh, I mean, people don't say much about that anymore, but I still believe it. That it takes a draw and it takes a convicted. Jesus said, he said when the comforters come, he said he'll convince the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment to come. And that's what the Spirit of God's doing right now is convicting men and women and boys and girls of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. And I know the world tells you there's no such thing as sin anymore. Uh, but I want you to know there's still such a thing as sin. And there's still a price to be paid for sin. Uh, there's still a judgment to be paid for sin. Uh, but aren't you glad the Lord uh, passes by our way? Amen. If you're here and you're not saved this morning, He's here. He's in this building right now. He said where two or three are gathered in his name. He'd be in the midst. He's here today. And he's passing by. And you know why he's here? He's here for lepers and lost people like you. It was a providential meeting. It was a pivotal meeting. You say, what do you mean? This was the last time he ever came through Samaria. You see, if these men, if they didn't cry out to him on this day, there was never going to be another day. And you know what? The devil sent a lot of people to hell on this thought. I'll do it some other time. A more convenient season. A better time. What things are better? You know, I've got to stop this. And I, that's a big lie, too. The devil tells people that, well, you got to quit your drink. You got to quit your smoke. You got to quit your lying. You got to quit this. You got to quit that. Can't go. You got to, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and he'll give you this law. And you got to stop going here, stop going there. And maybe once you get all that fixed, then maybe you can get saved. I want you to know if you'll get saved, all that quitting and stopping and all that, the Lord will take care of that for you. He wants you to come as you are. I'm just as I am without one plea. About that thy blood was shed for me. That's the only reason any of us are saved this morning. It wasn't you quit drinking, smoking, cussing, blaspheming, none of that. It was simple the fact that you came to Jesus. And all I'm trying to say is the Bible says, Isaiah 55, 6, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Genesis 6, the Spirit of God will not always strive with man. Listen, there's an appointment you have with that. It's appointed unto man wants to die. And after this, the judgment. And listen, this might be you say, are you telling me this is the last time? Uh, are you telling me? I'm not telling you it is the last time you'll ever hear the gospel, but I'm telling you this, it could be the last time. 
And it was the last time these men would ever have a chance to meet Jesus. You say, well, I'll meet them someday. I'll meet them. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it before I die. How many people have gone in for surgery? And they said it's minor. Anything involving doctors and dentists, the two Ds, to me, and, and DNR, the, the, uh, game warden, D and that's the Department of Natural Resources. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> and hey, if y'all see any pictures of me on camera, uh, y'all, y'all don't know me. You hear what I'm saying? Um, doctors, dentists, and DNR. But how many people have gone to a doctor and they said, well, we got to take out your appendix or we got we to remove your gallbladder. We got to do this or we need to do that. And, and they went in there and they thought that, that it was minor. And, the, and they laid on that table and they, they, they didn't have no idea what was happening. And, and the doctor looked down and said, now count, start counting. You know what I'm talking about when they want to count down from 10. And, and they said 10, 9, 8, 7, and they slipped off into eternity. Think about it. How many people ha- have come to church like this and they sat under preaching and they heard the truth, they heard the gospel, and they laughed about it in their mind. They might, on the outside, they looked like they, they wanted it, they, they needed it, but on the inside, they were laughing, thinking, this crazy man telling me this, he don't know what he's talking about. He's just one of these, he's one of them at the barber shop trying to get a free haircut type preachers you know. And, uh, uh, but you, I mean, if you want to give me one, I'll tell you, but anyhow, mine's easy to cut, but just lay off the, be- the beard. I'm so, but, but, but how many people have come to church and while they're listening to preaching, while the Spirit of God is drawn, they're thinking, I'll do this later. I don't need this right now. And on the inside of their body, there was a cancer cell in there growing they didn't know about, or there was a blood clot they didn't know about headed for the... And they walked out and they never had another chance. I'm just saying this was a pivotal meeting. The most important meeting in your life is when you meet the Lord Jesus Christ. And come to a saving knowledge of Him and trust Him for your sins. Trust Him for your soul. Trust Him for your salvation. A divine meeting. A divine meeting. Oh, I'm so glad. I've been able to meet a lot of people in life. I mean, I've met some real, I'm talking about heroes. People like Ric Flair, Sid, I mean it, I've met them. I I met Chipper Jones, Dan Marino. I met Deion Sanders one time. Oh, but listen, but listen, the greatest meeting I've ever had in my life was when I was a 16-year-old boy on my way to hell. I went to church that night just to please my parents. I went to, you say, and people say, well, I didn't even come here. I, 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 come. I don't care why you come this morning. Maybe you come to get somebody off your back. Maybe you come for your wife. Maybe you come for your, maybe you come for, I don't care why you came. I know why Jesus has you here this morning. But I'm so glad that night the Lord passed by my way and drawed my heart and called me unto himself. And oh, I'm glad. I'm glad he gave me grace to repent and faith to believe. And I'm so glad that night, that night as a teenage boy, I walked in and walked out a child of God. You understand? I come in a beggar. I went out rich. I come in lost. I went out saved. And you can have the same thing this morning. Lord, let me be the one. Oh, let me be the one. I don't care if he never paid one bill. If he never got, if I didn't have any, if he never did nothing else for me other than that, that is enough for me to spend the rest of my life and all of eternity saying, thank you, Lord. Uh, thank you, Lord. You didn't let me die, leper. Uh, you didn't let me die in Samaria. Uh, you didn't let me die and go to hell, but you came to where I was. Uh, a divine meeting. 
There's a dying multitude here. You say, what do you mean there's 10 lepers? You say, they're not dying. They're as good as dead. I'm not going to elaborate on this much, but when a man had leprosy, it was a death sentence. There's only one leper we read about in the Bible other than these. Before, in the Old Testament, it was healed Naaman. When a man found out he had leprosy, it was a death sentence. They didn't have grade one or grade two or grade three or however they say that. You know, it was, it was death. It was death. These ten men were walking dead men. They were. And if you'd seen these ten men, you would have looked at them. And they, weren't, uh, uh, they, they, they weren't much to look at. Uh, you know, leprosy, it, it starts, it's a blood disease. It starts on the inside. And, and, and they say that it can lie dormant for up to 20 years. Someone can have leprosy and they don't even realize it. They do, and everybody else looks at them and thinks they're okay. They think they're all right. I mean, if you looked at them, you would never know. But one morning they wake up or one night or they go to bathe or to shower and they look on their skin and there's a small uh, little white spot. And, and that's another thing. Leprosy always smart starts in something really small. And, and then they begin to watch it. And maybe they put some triple antibiotic on it. And maybe oh, they put some uh, uh, salve on it. And then the next day it's worse and worse and worse. And finally they come to the realization oh, that they're a leper. They've contracted this deadly disease. Oh, did you know it was very contagious? Oh, that's why oh, they could not get within six feet of nobody else. Oh, they could not come. And when they approached a crowd, they had to cover their face and cry out and say unclean 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 they couldn't go to the temple and worship and pray they couldn't go to the marketplace and eat in fact they would bring food out to the to the lepers community and they'd leave it at the gate and they'd have to go out there and pick it up and bring it in their, their, their extremities would begin to fall off their fingers their ears their nose their toes their feet it would rot their flesh away and listen, it was a death sentence. If you had it, you was going to die. Did you know this about leprosy? There's not one continent in the world where there's not a leper. It's touched every corner of the world. It consumes the entire body. It leaves one unclean man from worship. And the only way, according to Leviticus 14, that a leper could be pronounced clean was there to be the shedding of blood. Huh? It causes the loss of feeling due to nerve damage. You see, this leprosy is a lot like sin. You know, leprosy is a lot like sin. You know, sin started in a little small thing. It started with this, Eve taking that fruit. It started, it started in a little small place. But have, can you see how it spread? I mean, think about it. Think how it's infested and, and, and multiplied throughout the world. And I want you to know you can't go anywhere in the world where sin's not touched and where sin has not killed. And listen, sin is a death sentence, by the way. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Uh, listen this morning, if you've never heard or listened to a preacher before in your life, I want you to know if you've never been saved, you are sick. You've got sin in your heart. And if you don't get saved, it'll kill you. It'll kill you. You can try all the homemade remedies you want. You can go see a witch doctor if you want. 
You can take all the potions and, and all one of them oils, some essential oils. <laughs> uh, you know, only essential oil I've got is 20 W50 in the summer for my lawnmowers and 10 w but, but somebody said I need to get some beard oil. Uh, I ain't never heard of that. But anyway, I don't know. I'm oiling it up pretty good right now. But you can try. You can go see the Amish doctor. You can go see the, the, the Mayfield doctor. You go to any doctor you want. But they don't have a cure for sin. They can't help you. It's going to kill you. Can you imagine going to a doctor and them saying you got cancer, you're going to die, and just laughing and saying, oh, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And then, you, then days go by and you start beginning feeling sick and lightheaded and you start feeling knots on your side. Oh, I, I don't believe it. I want to ask you something. Is that cancer going to kill you if you don't believe it's going to? It don't matter, does it? And there's people that are so eat up by sin. I mean, it's infested their heart. It's infested their mind. I mean, they're eat up from head to toe. It's done God in their spiritual lip nose. I mean, it's, it's all in every area of their life. They're covered by it. They're consumed by it. And they walk around saying, oh, I don't believe that. I don't believe I've got a problem. I don't believe I've, got, I've just got a disease. Oh, you've got a disease, all right. It's called sin sickness, amen. Uh, but these men, they were dying. They were dying. They were walking dead men. And the Bible says, and you, hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. If you've never been saved, I want you to know you've got a death sentence on you. A dying multitude. They said they stood afar off. They stood afar off. One man said this, religion can cover the leper spots, but only Jesus can cure the leper spots. You know, that's what we've done in church. We've done a good job of covering the spots. Just covering them up. You know, treating the, treating the, treating the, 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 the effect of sin without dealing with the cause of it. If I, if I were to have a knot on my head, and I've had several, thanks, Miss I'm just kidding. But if I, if I were to have, a, and I were to go to the doctor, and I'm talking about I had excruciating headaches, and, 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 and I went to the doctor, and, and he said, all right, well, here's, there's bad news and there's good news. I hate when doctors talk like that. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, that's why I don't like them. But, but doctors, dentists, and DNR. But and Brother Mark, and, I, and he said, well, I got bad news and good news. And I said, all right, give me the bad news. You got a brain tumor. Yep, that's pretty bad. So how is there? He said, good news is I called you in a prescription of Tylenol. And the headaches are going to, I, got, I can take care of the headaches. <laughs> can y'all, can you think, how foolish is that? I got a brain tumor and you're glad, I got, you're, just because I can take time, you think that's good? I'd say, you've lost your ever-loving mind, you understand? But that's exactly what we do when people are lost and we say, well, we know you're lost, we know you're, you know you got sin and you're, you're not been saved, but we're going to make you feel better. 
Let's just pat them on the back and say, oh, yeah, we know, but it's really not that bad. Uh, yes, you got your, your loss, but, 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 but we're going to give you something. We're going to give you a little smile, give you a little happiness. We'll give you a purpose. We'll, give you, we'll, let, you, we'll let you be involved in a ministry, and we'll, 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 we'll get you involved, and we'll have activities, and we'll play some games and, and play a little kickball and dodgeball, and, and we're, we're going to have activities and, and fun. And, 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 and yes, you still got that sin sickness, but at least you're going to feel better while you got it. I want you to know this morning, that's not my job and it's not the church's job to give people uh, numbing uh, uh, th- things to numb the pain. I've got news. I've got the cure. I've got the cure. It's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen to me, it's my job and our job to tell people you're dying, you're lost, you need to be saved and we've got the answer. How foolish would you be to go to a doctor and he said, I've got the cure. Either you can be cured of this or we can give you something to, to take away the pain. I'm going to take the cure, aren't you? Amen. Amen. Anyway, I spent more time than I intended. I know y'all can't believe it, but there's a dying multitude. And I look at this world and they're all standing afar off. I can remember as a young boy being in church and feeling like I was a million miles away. They'd sing them old songs, and I just, I wouldn't know what they was about. I remember Lord's Supper, and they'd pass, you know, the elements, and I, you know, and, and, and my, my mom would say, and I remember feeling, man, I, and I'd see mom over there crying, you know, when they'd be reading those, you know, the, they'd be reading the scriptures about take this, doing remembrance to me and I'd see daddy over there choking back and I think what what what's the I mean it's just and, and, and I remember hearing preachers preach and people, there'd be 20, 30 people go to the altar and I'd think what are they praying about? I, I felt so far away, so far away. These men stood afar off and this is this morning, maybe that's where you are. Maybe you feel afar off and, and you say I just don't understand it. I don't, I don't understand. Listen, I want to encourage you. Uh, Jesus can make you, uh, he can come to you and you who, who are once afar off can be made nigh by the blood of Christ. A desire for mercy. They cried, said, good master, have mercy. Have mercy. They lifted up their voices, the Bible says, in verse 13. As they said, they lifted up their voices. They lifted up their voices. And they weren't embarrassed. There was no, this was not, uh, you know, Jesus, come over here. Let's go over here in this side room. I mean, that, this was public. I mean, if you're a leper, what do you have to lose? You're going to die anyway. And if you're lost this morning, I mean, what, 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 why would you worry about what somebody says or somebody thinks? Why would you care about anybody? I mean, listen, if you're lost, why? They lifted up their voice and they said, Gee, they said this. They said in verse number uh, uh, 13, and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. By saying that, they were implying they deserved the leprosy. Mercy means, Lord, don't give us what we deserve. And they were saying, we deserve to die this. We deserve to die. We, we're, we're not, we don't, we've not earned anything. But, oh, God, would you have mercy on us? We don't want to die this way. We don't want to die in this condition. We don't want to die alone in this leper's colony. And listen, this morning, if you want to be saved, that's what you must do. Is you've got to come to that place where you say, oh, Lord, I don't want to die this way. 
I don't want to die as a sinner. And Lord, will you have mercy on me? You'll find this in the life of Christ on earth. Whenever mercy was desired, mercy was delivered. Amen. And they desired mercy. And, the, and Jesus told them in verse 14, and when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves in the priest. Now listen, I'm, I'm moving, hastening. Um, under the law, if a man was healed of leprosy, he had to go to the priest, they'd, they'd offer a sacrifice, and he'd be declared clean. That sounds simple, right? There's only one problem about this. You can read that Old Testament a hundred times, and you'll never find one, one instance. Naaman was healed, but he was a Syrian. He did not go to the priest. You'll never find one leper who got healed who went to the priest and they, they performed this ceremony. It had never been done before. Now listen, Jesus did not heal them and say, go show yourself the priest. He said, go show yourself the priest. And as they went, they were healed. Amen. Think about this. That took faith. Because they were still lepers. If he had healed them and said, go show, it didn't require any faith because they could see they were healed. But as, they, as lepers, he said, go show yourself. Now listen to me. If you approach somebody and by, under the Old Testament law with leprosy, approach them and you knowingly had leprosy, then you, you were worthy of death yourself. They would kill you as a death sentence. And you know what? He's telling them this. And listen, this is what I believe. I believe the moment they turn, the moment they turn and begin to walk back, I believe their flesh become fresh in there. And they were healed in that moment. And I'm telling you this morning, this is what people want. They want to experience the peace of God. They want to experience the joy of salvation. They want to experience the love of God shed broad in their heart. Uh, by the, they want to experience all those things they hear preached about and talked about without ever uh, turning back by faith. Uh, repenting and turning. Listen to me. You're not going to experience any of that until you turn unto the Lord and receive Him as your Savior. Yes. That's when it happened. Right. When they turned back by faith. By faith, they took Him out of His Word. <laughs> they took Him out of His Word. And I want you to know this morning, if you'll come to Him, He said He'll in no wise cast you out. If you'll come to Him, He'll take you as you are. He'll receive you. He, he receiveth sinners. This man, the, the, his enemy said, this man receiveth sinners. And oh, that's the truth if it's ever been told. Amen. Uh, Jesus come to seek and to save that which was lost. And, and listen this morning, you're probably thinking, what's this got to me? I'm saved. Well, it ought to make you want to be the one who says, bless his name. Oh, bless his name that he saved a sinner like me. Oh, bless his name. Oh, listen, that when I turn back, have you ever have you ever heard anybody say this? I was under conviction, and when I stepped out, the peace of God come in my heart. When I stepped out, when I stepped out, and oh, that's what these men did. They stepped back, and they were healed. And then there's a delivered man here, though. The sad thing is nine of them, that's as far as it went, there was one, there was one. The Bible said in verse 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, 
turned back with a loud voice, glorified God, fell on his face at his feet, giving them thanks. He was a Samaritan. Look at this. I, I'm done. This one man, this one man, what did he do? He recognized his present condition. His present condition. It says when he saw that he was healed. Now listen this morning. We are blind to the blessings of God. We don't see it. We just don't see how blessed we are. And I believe, it, I believe a lot of it is we're so blessed that we get spoiled by those blessings and we, don't re- we, we take it for granted and, and we don't realize. But this man, this man, this one man, and, and, and like I said, I want to be that one. And if I'm going to be that one, I must look at myself and realize I'm not what... He looked down and said, I'm not what I used to be. That's something, he's done something for me that nobody else can do. He's changed me. He can see the flesh on his skin was healed. He can feel it in his body. The pain was gone. Uh, the, the, the hopelessness was gone he had been healed he recognized he was not the man uh, that he used to be <laughs> and oh this morning can you not see the change uh, that Jesus has wrought in your life uh, you're not the person you used to be you say why should I be the one uh, because he didn't leave you the way that he found you uh, but instead he, bought, he, he changed you he regenerated you and made you a new creature in Christ. He recognizes present condition. Now help us to recognize all the Lord's done for us. Look at where we are and where we were. Look at what we were and what we are. And by the way, I am still a sinner, but I'm a sinner saved by grace. Amen. Amen. And in man's view, but in God's view, I'm justified. I'm justified by faith. That's what by therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. And there is therefore Romans 8, 1 now, no condemnation in there of Christ Jesus. And if you're saved this morning, you're justified. And maybe you can't forget. Maybe you can't forget your old life. Maybe you can't forget them dark places you used to go. Maybe you can't forget them words and them things and those things you used to participate in. But I've got good news for you. Maybe you can't forget it. But I will help you with something. God can't remember it. He's done washed it away. And in His eyes, in God's eyes, if you're saved. You are justified. He looks at you just like he looks at his son. You've been made pure, made clean, made holy because of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Amen. That's something to come back for, ain't it? He remembered his he recognized his condition. He refused to pursue the crowd. You say, what do you mean? Well, the crowd walked away from Jesus. And I got news for y'all. I know this is not breaking news, and you're probably all very well aware, but this world is running away from Jesus. They're running away. They don't, they don't realize what they're running to, but they're running away. This man said, you know what? And by the way, peer pressure is real. It's real. He, you know what he done? He said, I'm not going with them. I'm not going with them. I don't know where they're going. I'm not going to speculate. I mean, I'd say they just want to go back and find their family. Find, and, 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 but whatever it was, he said, I'm not going to follow the crowd. I'm not going to go with the multitude. I'm not going to follow the majority. The majority ain't always right, y'all. Amen. Oh, there's so many rabbits I could chase, but I ain't going to chase them. The majority's not always right. 
The majority. Let's do that. But the majority is not always right. And he said, you know what? They're all going back. And I like them boys. They're good boys. But you know, I just can't go back. I've got to go to him. He he said, I'm not going to follow the crowd. And Lord, help me to be a man. Help me to be a father. Help me to be a husband. Help me to be a preacher. Help me to be a church member. Help me to be a Christian who doesn't follow this world. Who doesn't follow the crowd. But instead, comes back and falls at the Lord's feet and gives him things. He returned to praise Christ. He looked back to Christ's mercy. The Bible said he turned back. He looked back. He lifted up his voice with a loud voice. That makes Baptist people very uneasy. I get a lot. Why do you preach so loud? Listen to me. It's just the way I've always had preached. <laughs> if you come to the ball game, that's the way I coach basketball, football, soccer, badminton, ping pong. I mean, everything. It's just the way I am. Can you imagine somebody looking at this leper and saying, why are you... Wait, there, there's got to be a wet blanket around there. Or there's one everywhere. There's probably four or five in here this morning, but I ain't going to look at you. <laughs> but, Brother Mark, can you imagine somebody saying, Calm down, Mr. Leper. What are you so excited about? You don't have to yell. Jesus ain't hard of hearing. Have you ever heard that one before? I had somebody say that one time. You think God's hard of hearing? You got to be, I ain't talking to him, I'm talking to you. But anyway. <laughs> I'm talking for him, but I'm, but, but, or I, instead, as, but you, but Drew, can you imagine, can you imagine, come here, Drew, come here, this is the old leper right here, okay, boy, he sure is healthy, ain't he? but anyway, and, and, and he just got hit, and he's glorifying God, you know how to glorify God, yeah. glorify God, with a loud voice, Amen. yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're getting this good, give me one of them hallelujahs, Bill, there you go. There. Give me one now. Hey, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and look, here come. Why do you gotta be so loud? You just you're just wanting attention, aren't you? You know what? He didn't care. He didn't care at all. Well, he said, I don't care what you think about me. I, I don't care. I, listen, he healed me, and I'm not going to whisper about it. He glorified him with a loud voice. I believe he said, bless your name. Thank you for setting me free. You did for me what nobody else could do. Thank you, leper. Amen. He give praise. He said, I'm going to praise him. You, know, you say, well, that's not very baptistic. You call it very biblical to give thanks unto the Lord. Offer unto him the sacrifice of your lips. How do you quantify that as anything else? In Hebrews chapter 13, the sacrifice of your lips. That's what praise is. The sacrifice of your lips. And oh, listen this morning. You can never thank him enough. You can never praise him enough. I believe until this man's dying day he was always thanking God for what he did for him I want to ask you would you be the one this morning would you be the